This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. And I stand by that. Oh, I'm too busy to watch an episode from three days ago. I'm so sorry. Well, and Ted Lasso being a comedy is usually only the long episodes, which I believe today's is. I believe I saw that today's episode that came out or last night's episode is 44 minutes. That's on the long end. It's not like, you know, Game of Thrones that are taking an hour to an hour and a half of your time. It's 30 to 45 minutes. It's half that. Listen. Get there and just watch it. And I didn't give anything up. That's you my did. big thing. You I gave not. you nothing up whatsoever. It's Kenzie and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, the one thing to point out about that is that uh, apparently I've been getting tweets about this, that this is actually about uh, Zaba, uh, which is Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which, listen, I'm not a big international soccer guy. That's who this is supposed to be. It obviously looks like him. I can only take to mean that that means in Russian Aaron Rodgers. That's all I, <laughs> that's the only way I can look at it. I think that tracks. I, I think they're the all the same guy. Let's put it that way. Now, tonight, I, I, Anthony Davis has to play tonight. Has to play tonight. Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both game time decisions as the Lakers take on the Clippers. They are both tied right now uh, in wins and losses. The Clippers have got the tiebreaker, so they right now sit in the sixth spot, and the Lakers sit in the seventh spot. And, of course, the team that is in the top six does not play in the play-in tournament, and the team that is in the sixth spot is playing the Sacramento Kings. Now, everybody in the West that has been south of the five spot has been targeting that because nobody thinks that they are for real, meaning the Kings, especially the fact that they play absolutely zero defense. My bigger issue here, Gabe, is that if you're the Lakers, while I understand that you have to treat everybody in a way to keep them all healthy, tonight, by finding a way to win tonight against the Clippers, with your team out on the court, with AD and with LeBron, you can put yourself solidly in that six spot with only two games to go and a one-game lead and thus position yourselves for a week off to get yourself rested and healthy for the postseason and have a very favorable matchup. It seems like with LeBron, it's more of how he's feeling type of thing, where with AD, this is just the plan that they have for him. This is what they want to do because they want to prevent overuse to make sure he doesn't sustain some sort of injury because that fatigue of playing the second night of a back-to-back is when that injury you know, could potentially sneak up on him once again. At least one of them has to play, right? At least one of them has to make their way out there. You have to put some sort of effort because that reward just is too sweet to being able to get that week off, especially for LeBron as he recovers and continues to recover from that foot injury. Having that week off where he can just kind of kick back, relax, and you get to then come up with a game plan for a team that doesn't really play any defense, like the reward is just too rich to not try to go after it and take a big swing. To me, if you're the Lakers tonight against the Clippers, being a team that we were unsure of even getting into the play-in seemingly a month ago where they were sitting at the 11th spot going, I I don't know what's going to happen with this team. To fight back the way they have, it seems like you're coming up short unless you put together at least 85% of your best efforts if one of these two guys can play tonight. 
Here's Dave McManaman, ESPN NBA reporter, who joined us an hour ago on what he expects to happen tonight. If I was reading the room, I would say they would not be playing, and, and the Lakers putting their status report out, uh, them both being questionable for tonight would only, you know, uh, kind of play into that hunch. You know, they could be sandbagged. Maybe they decide. LeBron said he's going to see how he felt when he woke up, take that first step out of bed, and, and see how the foot was feeling. AD's been on a program. He hasn't. I know he's been putting up such these big numbers, and, and so you would say that, oh well, can he just play? But they are trying to risk the worst case scenario, which would be re-injuring it right now, right? And then then all this work that they put in as a team over the last couple of months would be all for naught. I got to be honest. I'm not going to be screaming and yelling tonight if he gets hurt in this game, and the Lakers are trying to win to get into the sixth spot. Look at the West. Who is winning the West? If you can pick out for sure who is winning the West, you're a lot better at this than I am. Because I don't have a team right now that I definitively believe can win the West. And that means if the Lakers get the sixth spot and they're matched up with the Kings and they're rested, I, I love, love their chances to try to go on a run. And this is what it's supposed to be about. Listen, maybe this is unfair, okay? I treat the bubble championship like it was summer camp. Okay, that's not like that's not like going and winning a real it's championship. It's a championship. Yes, and I understand in some ways it was more difficult than a regular championship. But there's a, there's no travel involved. There's no none of that involved. You're all in one place. You're all dealing with the same thing. I to me this championship for AD, for LeBron, for all of them would mean a heck of a lot more. And their best path there is to get to that six spot. Who knows what happens if you get in the play-in? It takes just, you know, one or two bad performances and you're at home. You don't even get to participate in the regular playoffs in the Western Conference. And the Nuggets and Grizzlies, as much as we don't believe in the Nuggets, they're still the number one seed. I would much rather face the Kings. You have an opportunity to potentially give yourself the most favorable opening round matchup that you can in the Kings if you win tonight. You've got a great opportunity in front of you, plus you get a weak off. It, it, it just seems like a no-brainer to really take a big swing tonight if you're the Lakers, but it, it seems, at least according to what Dave was telling us, it, it seems like they are going to stick with that program for Anthony Davis, and the only one who actually has a real chance of playing tonight is maybe LeBron, and chances are he doesn't play either. That that just seems like a such a gamble to me to be like, eh, I guess we really don't need that six seed. We'll take our chances in the play-in. Yeah, listen, I think a lot of people are starting to feel the way that the Lakers could certainly go on a run. I mean, listen to listen to Kendrick Perkins. He's basically saying the exact same thing. When I look at the Lakers and I look at the way that Anthony Davis is playing, give me one player that's been playing better than him in the Western Conference. And then when I look at LeBron James coming back right now, he actually, you know, is buying into, I could be the second option. So when I look at a team like the Phoenix Suns, who's everybody is picking because of D-Book and Kevin Durant and, and Chris Paul, well, I say, well, I say this, look at the Lakers' big three. Look at D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Look at LeBron James. Yeah. Look at Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. You tell me who would you rather have right now, D'Angelo Russell or Agent Chris Paul? Give me D'Angelo Russell. So as of right now, I'm looking at the Lakers. If they match up against anybody, even the team I picked to go to the Western Conference Finals in the Sacramento Kings, the Lakers are going to beat them. 
Yeah, I, I, I think there's a strong case to be made across the board there. We know that the best teams are in the East right now, but if you get there and one of those teams, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's the Celtics, has really gone through the gauntlet and gotten beaten up, Lakers could take advantage of that if they actually got there. Oh, yeah. I mean, in a short, in seven-game series aren't necessarily short, but just in any sort of series, if you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James healthy, my guess is the Lakers feel pretty good about that, especially with the way they've been able to fill out the rest of the roster with some shooters and some of the key moves they were able to make around the trade deadline. I think they feel pretty confident, but you have to get there first. And you can have missteps in a seven-game series. If you're in the play-in tournament, you cannot have missteps. Or maybe you get one. You get one misstep if you're the seven or the eight seed, which you are right now if you're the Lakers sitting in there at the seven seed. But if they lose tonight, maybe the Timberwolves come up and end up catching them. The Lakers still could fall to the nine seed. They have to be playing to win the rest of their games because the bottom of that Western Conference is just so tight right now. Look, one last thing. Anthony Davis, show up tonight. Show up tonight. You've been playing amazing You've been great. You were great in the bubble when they won the championship. But but this stuff, it, it's got to stop at some point. You know, you're not going to be in the postseason where if somehow they ended up in a back-to-back situation, they're going to send him down? No, of course not. He's going to be playing. This game, for my importance as the Los Angeles Lakers, is right there with a playoff game. It, it is right there. Granted, they can make the play and they can go through all that. No, no, no. I need to set myself up to have the best chance of success in the playoffs, and that is winning tonight, taking a one-game lead with two to play for the sixth spot in the West. Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, go to Progressive.com slash careers, apply online Today, bundle today at progressive.com. That's all we'll be up there, but we obviously are. I don't have a single negative syllable to utter about Kyrie Irving. He is not the problem in Dallas. Total disaster, and if they don't make the play in, the offseason looms as a major, major question mark. Luca is the one that has a huge question mark hovering over him. Luca gets 41. They lose a game. Luca's not only depressed after the game, he looks depressed during the game. He really does. He looks miserable. I don't think it's all Kyrie. And, you know, I heard Stephen A. on this the other day. You'll hear him again in a second. I'm believing that Luca has an awful lot to do with this. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Gabe Neitzel is in for Canty today on Sirius XM Channel 80 on your smart speaker, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Should the Lakers play AD tonight to get the sixth spot? And is Luca at fault at all in Dallas? Let's listen to Luca first of all and get his reaction on the question to how much have the Mavericks missed Jalen Brunson? How much have you guys missed Brunson? <laughs> A lot. I mean, you know, amazing guy, amazing player. You know, for sure. Yeah, look, the, the Knicks had hired his father. They wanted to bring him there, 
But Brunson actually made the comment recently before the Knicks played the Mavericks that he wanted to be back in Dallas. And if you notice, I don't think it's any kind of a coincidence that Doncic in particular has been just, I mean, miserable on his, misery on his face ever since. He and Kyrie have not fit together. Kyrie has not played poorly. He's done what he's supposed to do. At what point here does Luka look in the mirror? My guess is it's got to be soon, but I'm, I'm surprised he actually answered that question the way that he did. Because that kind of calls into question, like, yeah, we missed this guy. I, to me, he's wondering out loud why they did not re-sign him. And we're kind of obviously late in the process for that. Kyrie hasn't been the issue, as you mentioned. Drama has fire, fo- followed Kyrie Irving wherever he goes. It's been drama-free in, in terms of off-the-court stuff, anything like that down in Dallas. So maybe it is on Luka to try to f- somehow figure this out. But I also still have a hard time blaming Luka if he's out there scoring 41 points and, and the rest of the team can't quite figure it out if, if, if the rest of the team just isn't assembled the way it is. And I look more at Mark Cuban, that front office, and what did they do to really surround uh, Luka Doncic with great talent? Yeah, you went and got Kyrie at the trade deadline, but at that point, was it too little too late because you let the guy who fit better with Jalen Brunson walk out the door? I'm hearing something in your voice. What I'm hearing in that comment is we're laying the groundwork here. You listen to Luca, and let's listen to it one more time. How much have you guys missed Bronson? <laughs> a lot. Mm, amazing guy, amazing player. For sure. To be that honest in that moment, it is usually starting to lay the groundwork. Yep. We're questioning what is going on with the organization, for questioning what the long-term plan is, and for questioning what your own future with the organization is. That is what I hear in that comment. Am I reading too much into it? I don't think you're reading too much into it. And especially if Brunson talked about how he wanted to be back in Dallas initially. Like you think Knicks fans are now in the back of their head going, ooh, these guys have a relationship. Maybe if Luka wants out, maybe they have a reunion. Because the Knicks have been starving for that big star, right? Like Every time that the Knicks clear salary cap space for a big free agent, they think they're going to sign someone. Ultimately, they don't. And not to say Brunson isn't a great player, because he is, but he's not on that level of a Luka Doncic, of some of the other stars that have not chosen the Knicks over the past couple of years. I don't think it's crazy to think that Luka may want out of Dallas sooner rather than later. Look, if I'm Luka, I understand pushing that lever, starting to lay the groundwork for expediting my exit, whether that's this summer or beyond that. There does have to be some looking in the mirror, though, because who, you know, they've put a couple of different guys with them now. Mm Mm-hmm. Porzingis didn't turn out to be the player that we thought he was going to be. Um, They had Jalen Brunson. You saw how successful they were with him. And now it's somebody else that he hasn't been successful with. So when does Luka look at it and say, am I the the problem? Am I the issue? Am I the drama? I I do think there there is absolutely an element of that. So... If Jalen Brunson goes to the Knicks and has the incredible effect on them that he has, I understand where he's coming from. I just have to start to think about how can I fix this? Because we would both agree 
there's no way Kyrie's back next year. He's trying no. to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in L.A. He might try to get to Phoenix, whatever. It's not going to be with Dallas. I mean, after the Mavericks lost a game to the Lakers, he basically was celebrating with the Lakers. <laughs> he basically <laughs> Big was. Big win for you guys. That's huge. Great. Great for you guys. Trying Amazing to get the job. <laughs> Can't wait to be part of this magic. <laughs> so then you have to figure out where else you're going. And so this is, you know what? This is the sit-down offseason. This is where are we going here? Who are you bringing in? And if I don't like the plan, eh, maybe it's time to push that ejector button. Because I could definitely see that happening. And when you say, you know, maybe Luca has to look in the mirror, I think it's more of a how do I handle these types of situations? Do I be that honest in the media when somebody asks me how much I've missed Brunson? And do I be that honest? Do do I see if I can try to clean up? Because cleaning up your body language is tough. Because in the moment when you have so many cameras on you and 17,000 people in the stands, however you react to something is natural. It's just innate. It's, it's tough to necessarily work on. But those are the types of things at 24 years old that I think Luca has to take a look at. Is you know, how the, am I handling these things? I, this, is, this is me in the conspiracy theory bit. I have right. certainly known before of reporters who were kind of told by people behind the scenes, hey, you, you, you should ask him this question today. See what kind of response you get. Like, that's the way that sometimes these things get laid out. Hey, you should, you know, whether it's somebody who's closer to Luca, you should ask Luca, you know, how much he misses Brunson. Ask him something like that so they can start to set that up. Yeah, starts to, yeah, like you said, laying that groundwork to mm. potentially have a split between Luca and the Mavericks. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Gabe Neitzel in for Canty today, Series 6M, Channel 80. We still have so much coming your way, including a little dash for the draft and the Cowboys. We haven't talked about the Dallas Cowboys and the draft, but one prominent ESPN NFL expert by the name of Ryan Clark believes that they should trade up for an offensive weapon to add to what they already have. That's on the way, plus your play of the night on the way. So, so much left. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Gabe Neitzel in for Canty today at 888-ESPN. It's what we do every day at this time. It is the dash for the draft. Okay, football fan. Let's get back to some football. This is the dash for the draft with Canty and Carlin. And Gabe, today we're going to spend a few minutes on the Cowboys and what they should do to help their offense. Ryan Clark, ESPN, NFL football analyst, of course, on Get Up this morning with an interesting take. Let's move up and get Bijan Robinson. Ezekiel Elliott is now gone. You know Tony Pollard has already signed the franchise tag. Go get the most dynamic back in this entire draft. And when you get a running back in the first round, their production over the first five years, it automatically is 32% higher than anyone drafted in the second round or later. The problem is giving them that second contract. But you go out and you get Bijan Robinson, you have a one-two punch along with Tony Pollard that immediately gives Dak Prescott the presence he needs in the backfield to take that next step and get back to who he was two years ago. So many people, and understandably so, have railed against the first round or even a high pick with running backs. It's a stat I gave last week, I'll give it to you uh, again, that when you look at the last five years, guys who have rushed for a thousand yards, 75% of players that have rushed for a thousand yards of, of running backs specifically that have rushed for a thousand yards have been first or second round picks. Bijan Robinson, I, I I get it if a team wants to go when it comes to a running back, if they're in a place like the Cowboys, if they're in a place like the Eagles, where they may be a big offensive weapon away, they want to go get B, B. John Robinson and draft him for the first five years of his career and then worry about paying him or not paying him later on. I totally understand it from their standpoint. And I think it's a wise move. I, I just don't, I can't subscribe to trading up to go get him, which is what the Cowboys would have to do, right? Like Bijan Robinson is not going to be around. Right at, yeah. yeah. He's not going to be around in the late first round. So you'd have to give up another draft pick to go get someone to essentially be the two behind Tony Pollard because you believed in him enough that he got the franchise tag. I, I Everybody that around the draft absolutely loves B. John Robinson. And whether you talk to Mel Kuyper Jr., whether you're talking to Todd McShay, everybody loves him. They just don't know where to put him because he's a running back and those positions just aren't valued. Yes, it'd be great to have a 1,000-yard rusher, but how many of these teams that are advancing deep into the postseason have a back that's a first-round guy? Right? Like, you need a back that's serviceable. You need a back that can catch some passes out of the backfield. You need a back that, you know, is going to cover up and not fumble. But you don't need a guy that's going to be rushing for 1,400, 1,500 yards in order to be a really successful football team. So I have, I, especially when you already have Pollard, I don't know if I would draft a running back if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, All even right. if it's Bijan Robinson. So let's talk about it. If you're trading up to get him, it would seem to me that the spot he needs to get past is the Eagles at 10. 
if he gets past the Eagles at 10, then you start to think, well, there are a bunch of teams there that are probably not going to take him. You know, you're you're dealing with teams like Tennessee, who is trying to trade Derrick Henry, but I think they're in a rebuild, and they're not going to draft a running back at that point. They've got too many needs. Mm-hmm. The Texans, too many needs, and they have Pierce, who started to come on from last year. The Jets, uh, they're not going to do it. They're the Patriots, the Packers, uh, the Commanders, the Steelers, the Lions. I don't think any of those teams are doing that right now. So point being, if you can go from 27 up until 18, 19, something like that, and go get them, I don't hate it if it's not going to cost me a boatload. The other team that I think is really intriguing right behind him that could be in on him is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills, when they talk about not wanting Josh Allen to be taking the hits that he has been and be on all the designed runs that he has been, they have to be able to run the football otherwise, and they have not been able to do that over the last several years simply because the James Cooks and Devin Singletary's of the world haven't been good enough. No, and that's that's a team I can get behind. I just feel like the Cowboys have other areas. It's a luxury to be able to draft a second running back in the first round. You're telling me they couldn't do something better with that first round pick with some of the other issues they have on that roster, whereas the Bills, the Bills feel like they, they have been close, and because of the stadium they play in, if you want home field advantage, like you mentioned, you got to be able to run the football in January, early February out there in Buffalo. And when Josh Allen is your main way of doing that, I don't mind them spending a first-round pick on a running back. And again, what, staying put and making that draft pick is different also than trading up and making that draft pick. What about the fact, though, that you had too many times last year where Dak Prescott was giving the ball to the other team. You know, you have to – I think the Cowboys – listen, you got Tony Pollard. I don't think Tony Pollard's an every-down guy. I, I honestly don't. And they, they, they put the franchise tag on him. If you drafted B. John Robinson and he didn't sign it, you could just as easily revoke it or keep him as a, a secondary back in the whole in, – in that backfield to really make that whole offense go – you're adding C.D. Lamb to it. Your def- defense has gotten much better. I think it would do a lot for the Cowboys. I really do. So you want them to lean into running the football and playing defense? Here's the I, thing. I want, I want to lean into them running the football so that I don't have to rely on Dak Prescott to win the games for me. I, That's I'm what gonna, I want. I'm going to tell you this as somebody who watched Mike McCarthy call plays for the better part of a decade up oh, here God. in the state of Wisconsin. And by the way, my condolences. <laughs> well, he's calling the plays down in Dallas now. Yep. He is going to say how much he wants to run the football. Guess what he doesn't actually want to do? Run the football. He doesn't want to run the football. He wants to throw the football. He'll say it, well, man, maybe I gave it up on it too soon. Oh, we want to run the football. No, nah, he wants to air it out, and he is going to air it out with Dak Prescott. It just doesn't seem like with that coach that they currently have, having two backs, that's going to be complicated for them, making sure those guys get enough touches, and they then run the football, rely on that defense when they've got a head coach who just wants to air it out. He's Gabe Neitzel in for Canty today. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. On the way, one thing that we do enjoy doing for people is making the money. So we have a play of the night 
coming up in just a few moments. We will get that to you. And and I'm just reading off the screen here. I'm putting <laughs> this is just Ron, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy put it up there and I'm going to read it. How one pair of boxers paid off big for one Connecticut charity. Okay, folks. We'll find out together. Your guess is as good as ours. And that's next. Canty and Garland, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. I like the way our play of the night has come together very nicely, very neatly, very quickly. Gabe Neitzel, let me just leave it at this. He gets it. He gets it. That's what there is. <laughs> Gabe Neitzel in for Canty oh, today. Boy. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. That's like the greatest compliment I could ever give you. He gets it. Well, I you appreciate like, that. You feel like that's the case? I, I feel like that's a compliment. Yeah, it, absolutely. If, uh, if It is... If you write that on my tombstone, like, you know, here lies Gabe Neitzel, he gets it. I feel like I accomplished something. Gabe Neitzel, he got it. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right, my friends, as we have detailed, uh, we do not know the status of LeBron James and of Anthony Davis tonight. They are both game time decisions listed as questionable, questionable. We also know that Giannis is out tonight, so we're going to stay away from that. And so we are going to the tank bowl. That's right. (laughs) The Sacramento Kings just won their first division in 20 years. The Dallas Mavericks are clearly trying to hang on to the 10th pick in the draft. That way, they do not have to trade that to the New York Knicks. If it is the 11th pick, that pick goes to the Knicks. Mavericks need the 10th pick. And so, Sacramento visiting Dallas tonight. Kings, six-and-a-half-point underdogs, Gabe Neitzel. Over under 242. We're going to play a three-leg parlay here in the same game. You like the Kings or the Mavericks in this game? Uh, I mean, uh, getting six and a half on a team that, uh, that, that's that far over 500, the Mavs need to lose. Give me those six and a half points. I want them. Take a dive, Johnny. I love it. Fading the Mavs. What about the over-under? That number feels artificially inflated. Neither team likes defense. But 242, that, that, is, that is a large number. It seems just a little too high to me. Just a little too high. Okay. And as much as I love taking overs because I love watching games and rooting for points, I think we got to go the under here. Okay, under 242, the second leg. Third leg, there's a lot of big numbers, as you would expect, as far as points for players and such. So we're going to go off the board here a little bit. <laughs> instead of Luka, instead of Kyrie, 
instead of the stars, instead of De'Aaron Fox, instead of Keegan Murray, instead of Harrison Barnes and DeMontis Sabonis. Let's take Reggie Bullock over six and a half. I love it. Absolutely love it. I love how this came together. it's going to pay out at a plus 750. Plus 750. That's what we call a no-shame wager. That is your play of the night. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. Well, here it is. Marlins pitcher Sandy Alcantara threw a complete game shutout against the Twins last night. Did it in a nice, tidy one hour and 57 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Thing of beauty. Five strikeouts, shut it out, 100 pitches. Just missed out on the Maddox getting under 100 pitches. Still, tip of the cap to you, Sandy. 14 games played Tuesday night. Not one of them went to over three hours. The longest two hours and 55 minutes. Have you ever been to a game, watched a game less than two hours? Uh, no, definitely not have been to a game that has been less than two hours. I have only I can't seen, imagine. Yeah, I've only seen one. I was at it when I was a kid. It was John Candelaria of the Yankees against the A's. The Bash Brothers, an hour and 57 minutes, 2 nothing. the Candyman. That's it. <laughs> Otherwise, I haven't seen one of those games in forever. All right. Huskies coach Dan Hurley of UConn, his lucky underwear paid off as, of course, they won the fifth national championship in UConn history. In the win over San Diego State, underwear company MeUndies announced that it was donating $50,000 to the Husky Ticket Project, an alumni-run organization that sends underprivileged youth to to Husky games so... Hurley, who won, wore the same outfit twice in a row after beating Iona in the first round and then taking care of St. Mary's, it included his red boxers with dragons on them. That is more than I needed. A great project, weird way to get to 50 grand, but you know, hey, um, whatever you can do to help the, uh, you know, the, the underprivileged youth to make sure they can enjoy some, some high-quality UConn basketball. He apparently ended up wearing the same red boxers with dragons on them from the undies throughout the entire tournament. Can you imagine for a second that you are going into the championship game and you're lucky underwear and not ready to go? Like they oh, didn't I get washed or they get lost in the wash or they get ripped up in the washing machine. I'd be in straight full on panic. Did like, you ever have anything that panic. was lucky? Um, I, uh, not particularly like I would have, I played division three college baseball and I would have a certain way. Like, you know, you make sure you, you kind of get dressed the same way every day, but I don't, I don't think there was anything like lucky that I, that I considered, but you, you have your superstitions. You do the same routine, but nothing strictly lucky. Mm, I'd never had anything lucky that I wore. Didn't, wouldn't have mattered anyway. Nuggets head coach, Mike Malone called his team soft after a loss to the Rockets. If that's how we're going to play. We're going to be out in the first round. Well, you might be out in the first round anyway, Mike. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you, pal. That's rough. And then finally, tomorrow the Masters begins. 
on ESPN Plus, you have Let's got it all. It. You've got featured holes and featured groupings. Tiger Woods, 1018, playing with Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley. Uh, Justin Thomas playing with John Rahm and Cam Young, 1042. Jordan Spieth at uh, 2 o'clock with Tommy Fleetwood and Tony Finau, all on ESPN+. Plus. I tell you what, on these golf tournaments, ESPN Plus does an amazing job with these groupings. Oh, it's spectacular. And this is my favorite golf tournament of the year. It, this is like my Christmas. I am so excited to fire up ESPN Plus at 10.18 a.m. Eastern to watch Tiger. Who you got winning the whole thing? Jordan Spieth. All right. I'm going to go Tony Finau. Finally get Love over it. the hump. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.